Blog Talk Radio. It's that time again. Time for some real talk about real issues to enhance your real life. Whatever you think, whatever you know, whatever you feel, Tanya doesn't mind talking about it. Get ready for some talk that is always rated R because talk with Tanya has got to be relevant. Talk with Tanya has got to be refreshing. But most importantly, talk with Tanya has got to be real. Tune in right now for real talk with Tanya and
Hello, hello. Ladies and gentlemen, we are having technical difficulties. I hope it subsides. I am your host, Tanya White, and uh, this is our last installment of our magazine Monday. What we're going to try to do is try to get everything under control. We don't know why. We have a difficulties at this time. All right, we're going to play some music and try to keep this underway. This is ridiculous.
Welcome once again to Real Talk with Tanya White. We're going to talk about R&B. Is it fading away? And as we wait for our uh, first guest to arrive, uh, we're just going to play some music. I am having tech difficulties on my end. I know you can't hear it on your end. Or if you can, just send me uh, a message in chat. I'm having a little static, uh, but we're going to keep rolling. We're going to talk about uh, R&B. Is it fading away? What happened to it? How can we get it back? How can we get the substance and the lyrical content back? Or are we just maturing and we're not giving the new stuff a chance? We're going to have Dr. Alicia Thompson uh, on in just a few minutes. And she's going to talk about her upcoming book that I deal with this issue. She is Selena Johnson's sister. And so we're just going to uh, play some music until I get my uh the static off my end, and we're just going to pay tribute to the king of pop. Uh, we would love to hear your calls uh, when we get into our topic. And uh, talking about music, if you're a music lover, uh, R&B music lover, then you know what I'm talking about. We're going to play some more Michael Jackson, and we'll be back with you in just a moment.
Hello, hello, and welcome back to Real Talk with Tanya White. We are still trying to get these technical static away. Uh, you can't hear it on your end, but we can hear it on ours. But we're going to welcome uh, to Real Talk with Tanya White, uh, Dr. Celicia Thompson. I hope she, I pronounced her first name right. Uh, she's the sister of Selena Johnson. She has a wonderful book coming out in September talking about R&B. Where is it going? Where is it gone? And how we can get it back. So we'd like to welcome to Real Talk with Tanya White, Ms. Dr. Celicia. Hello. Hi. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Yes, we're trying to work on our end uh, on some static. (laughs) But it is great to have you to Real Talk with Tanya White. And how are you doing? I'm pretty good. How about yourself? I'm wonderful. I'm anxious to talk about this great book that you have coming out as a music lover. I've been saying this for I don't know how many years. Where is R&B going uh, what happened to it? So I'm anxious to talk about this subject. But before we get into it, Dr. Salisha, am I pronouncing your name right? It's Salisha. Yeah, you got it right. Salisha. Tell us who you are and uh, your inspiration for writing this book. Well, I'm Selena's sister, as you know that. But mm-hmm. um, I'm from Chicago, and I wrote the book because it was really based off my dissertation. Okay. Um, when I was finishing up my doctorate degree. So my doctorate degree is in business management, um, but my chair knew that my love for music was pretty strong because I've been working with my sister for seven, eight years, uh-huh. and um, she was like, you should do a topic, a research topic that is going to have an impact and be fun to do. So that's why I did it. So what I did was I changed the um, – Excuse me, that's my nephew. He's having a bad time. Okay. I changed my um my topic for my doctorate degree to, to to rhythm and blues and started focusing on R and B. So I took my dissertation, turned it into a book. Um, wow. But I kind of I kind of didn't make it as technical, you know, as far as like all the little doctor words or whatever. But I made it so that it was real. I kind of switched it up a little bit and added more interviews and. And um, okay. so the book is called Rhythm Without Blues, the Dichotomy uh-huh. of a Music Genre. And okay. I'm studying this phenomenon of R&B and how the music has changed and what has shifted it and how much of, of the record labels fall, how much of the wow. record labels have fallen and, you know, how the artists feel, how the managers feel, how the executives feel. So not to go on and on, well, this, that's about it. Well, this is a hot topic because, as I told you when I talked to you, I said I've heard this on Jamie Foxx. I've heard, heard this on other uh, shows, and first of all, let, can, can you explain dichotomy for those who d- do not understand the definition of that word? Break down dichotomy. Okay. I will break down dichotomy because when I first came up with the topic, someone told me, okay, that's too technical. But really what a dichotomy is, a dichotomy is something that is broke into parts. Okay. Two separate parts acting as one. So that's why I say rhythm without blues because, you know, R&B, rhythm and blues, is mm-hmm. one whole, you know, it's one whole being. So I'm saying today we really have rhythm without blues. The blues was the soul, the feeling, the meaning. And so mm-hmm. when I say the dichotomy of a music genre, saying really I'm studying this genre that's been broken, that's been split, that's been battered, that's been abused. Yes. Well, I love the title. When I was ready, I was like, that is so true. We're and I think I talked about this on one of uh, our music shows this month, is how there's no balance right now 
uh, and I think that's what your book talks about. There's no balance in, in rhythm and blues because you're right; they go hand in hand. Now, uh, you said this your 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 chair, your committee chair, said to find something fun. But why did you pick this particular topic? What inspired you, or what drove you to talk about this and study this uh, instead well, of opposed to something else? I love music. I have a very strong passion for music. My father's been a, is a musician. My sister's a musician. So music and soul music, growing up with that kind of like real singing, like because you know, my yes, thing. Like, yes, she does. Okay, <laughs> she's one of my <laughs> favorites, by right. the way. She sings like real good. And uh-huh. uh, my father, soul singer, he's you know blues singer, sing really really well. So R and B, soul music, all of that has been a part of me. So I started off with my topic was going to be looking at success and failure of R&B artists. And then I was like, mm-hmm. that's too general. So I said, let me look at the record label. And just following my sister's career, I felt that her record label, you know, it's my opinion, had a lot to mm-hmm. do with not pushing her, not marketing her. And you probably know this, Tanya, because right. you follow her. So I said, let me look at because there's so many R&B artists out there that just come out and go away. They can really yeah. sing. You know, yes. and it's like, um, where are they? <laughs> but the yes. record label has a lot to do with it. Now, my book looks at hip-hop, how hip-hop impact um, has heard R&B radio, but it really, the record label has a lot to do with it and how they view it, how they view yes. this genre. So I said, let me look at R&B, because my sister's an R&B singer, and I know I can draw from her experiences and I can interview people that I've met over the years you know, in the industry, I said, let me look at R&B in particular because that music has soul, has meaning. It comes from, you know, we can go all the way back to plantation slave days. Right. And how it is derived from gospel and how it evolved into gospel and blues and soul and funk. I said, let me look at that genre because that's the genre that is really prevalent. We look at Michael Jackson. He's an R&B mm-hmm. artist. You know, he was an R&B artist. All the way. All the way. Pop star. Pop yeah. music is nothing but popular music. But yeah. it's it's like he was a true R and B artist and he just blew when he blew up, he was crossed over and labeled as pop, which means he was you know, which means he was popular to everyone. Yeah. Um but you know, our all music is derived from soul R and B music. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because I was we was talking about country. To... I mean country music the same way. Everybody's got a little blues in them. Exactly. And that was one of my points because, you know, with Michael Jackson's passing and uh, listening to all his body of music in these last span of days, even his latter, the Billie Jean and uh, the Dangerous, that really was R&B because from your definition, I couldn't come up with a definition, but you said blues is soul, feeling, and meaning. All of his music had that soul, had that feeling, had that meaning and substance. And when I was talking to somebody this weekend, I said authentic R&B, you can pick up, and any person can sing it and convey the same message. Do you believe that? Authentic yes. R&B? This, yeah. Yes. Authentic r Look at, that's a very good point, Tanya. Look at, let's just look at Sam Cooke. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Or Donny Hathaway or, um, or um, you know, Curtis Mayfield. Yeah. Oh, yes. Those, yes. those people, I mean, you can sing, um, Let's say, uh, you know, the Sam Cooke song, A Change Gonna Come. Yeah. That's a classic. I've seen white people timeless. cover black people. Timeless. Yeah. Timeless. So, yeah, I do agree with you on that. 
And uh, just uh, we saw, if anybody watched the BET Awards, when Neo sung Lady in My Life, I said, now that is R&B. For Neo to pick up the just move the song and just sing it, and you still felt it. The, like the first time, I know I did, but the first time I heard Lady in My Life. So, um, Good point. And you know what? I'm not, a, I'm not a big Neo fan, but no, me. <laughs> on, on that song, he sounded yes. so much like Michael that it was scary. It was. It was. It. And like, I, he, like, I was like, this dude, is, this dude just nailed that song. Yeah. It's tough yeah. to do remakes. It's tough to cover somebody, but he did it perfectly. He had his tone, his pitch, everything. Everything in the feeling, as we talk about. And that was one of my questions. I'm going to skip around here. I, I asked, who really dictates the trends in music? Because as we see it, this change. Like, I'm a music lover. I love all genres, but R&B, I love uh, But I said, who really dictates the trends in music? The record labels, artists, or listeners? And, and you said it's really the record labels. Can you explain that more? Um, I think it's people will say listeners. But mm-hmm. really, listeners are sitting in their cars, they're listening to the radio, and the radio is driving what's out there. Now, who's driving radio? Record labels. Corporate right. America, you know, they're saying play this artist 50,000 times a week, and by the end, mm-hmm. of the end of the week, you're talking about, what, Soldier Boy, and, you, and you're doing the Soldier yeah. Boy dance, and get my flag on, and, you know, yeah. so... The the corporate yeah. America, the record labels really do drive the industry. People will disagree with it, but if you put a song out about popcorn, and you yeah. you you pay enough money and push popcorn, popcorn uh-huh. will be a hit. Yeah, and right now, and, and, you know, that's what that's what's driving it. Corporate America, and they don't feel that R and B is a selling genre anymore. So they're pushing what right. they feel that people want. They feel that people want, you know, hip-hop and uh, rap. So they feel that people want microwave, dumbed-down type of music. I hate to say it. But that's what they're pushing. They think that because, you know, people that they're saying, and the research is out there, consumers listening to the radio and things of that nature, because you probably don't listen to the radio. You probably listen to CDs just like me or your iPod. Mm-hmm. But 12 to 24 is your consumer on the radio. Yeah. So the record yeah. label says, oh, we we know they're not really caring about Anthony Hamilton. They want to hear um, Lil Wayne. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And 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 you bring up a great point because when I was sitting here thinking, preparing for the show, I said 12 to 24, the most impressionable age of our life. We you really don't know what you want. And so when I was thinking about this, I was like, it has to be. It's not the listener. It has to be something else because between 12 and 24. Like you said, I just went along what was out there, what was hot, and what what I thought. Okay, this is good. Of course, and we had quality music, but uh, right, we why had think- Anita Baker. You know, we yes. had Anita Baker. We had New Edition. We had Escape. Oh, <laughs> yes, we did. So that's what was Mary Jodeci. That's what was pushed to us. So we still our genre. We're the seventies babies. Um, yes. we you know early before pre eighty one we. That's the kind of music we had because in the 80s and 90s, we loved Jodeci and Mary. And that's why Mary's still thriving because our genre is keeping her alive. But exactly. They, they feel that this genre, this, this younger generation wants Lil Wayne. But, however, if you push Anthony Hamilton or you push Music Soul Child, 
or if you push Selena Johnson, you yeah. can make if you play something thirty times a day, you can make anybody exactly. buy a season. You know what I'm saying? Ex- so it's like exactly. but they're not pushing that. They're not pushing that. They're pushing and that was highest birthday set. Which is oh, yeah. crazy to me. Which is crazy. Yeah. Well, for twelve and twenty-four year old, and that's that is direct correlation of, yeah, birthday sex for my twelve-year-old, and she wants, you know, no. So uh, that was my point. I was like, it has, you know, the corporate Americas, even though twelve and twenty-four, they're the most, they're they're the group. But my thinking was, like you said, and me being a teacher, I know the power of repetition and persuasion. We we can t- we can make people uh, we set the stage as adults as corporate America and even and we're talking about hip hop today but uh, even uh, hip hop is going back to where did the core authentic hip hop go? Uh, Jay Z is he's going to have a, a whole album around that. Uh, Queen Latifah's going to come back out because they they're saying you know like that microwave you know no substance, hip-hop, what they're calling hip-hop is really not hip-hop today. So, yes, it's not the listener. You you do need a blend, though. I do think you need a blend. But when you're forced to listen to Blame It on the Alcohol at 12 and 13 years old, I love Jamie Foxx, or Birthday Sex, or Chopped and Screwed. Now, now mind you, all these are my songs, but, hey, I'm 36. So Uh you talk about Birthday Sex, Blame It on the Alcohol. And chopped and screwed. But it's like that's what's on the radio. They're not privy to, you know, Jill Scott, who, who is Jill Scott type of music. Or yes. um, she doesn't get that much play. Look at, we got to go to Urban AC. We have to go to adult contemporary Urban AC stations to get real, when I say real R&B, I'm talking Anthony Hamilton. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. Music, mm-hmm. old child. And I'm so happy for Mary that she's been able to cross over. But Mary's R&B with a little hip hop flavor. Um, yeah, Beyonce and that's because R&B, they're they're they pushing wanna, her. You know, exactly, exactly. Beyonce's R&B, and, but they want they want her to be pop so bad. But she's really a true R&B artist to me. True R&B, and uh, that is why she is. Uh, as, as if you really watch her, she's changing, and she's going to, uh, you know, she's going to evolve. And and you know, it's all about having that. Uh, I guess that power. We're talking about R&B, authentic R&B. And, Celicia, we have uh, another caller on the line from the 818, and we're going to bring them on. And we know that they have something to contribute. Welcome to Real Talk with Tanya White. Thank you. This is uh, Kenny Hello. Lattimore. Hello, Kenny Lattimore. How are oh, you? Oh, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm doing out. fantastic. <laughs> Oh, man, I was trying to get you guys earlier and had a, had a problem with my line, and I was like, man, but I'm so glad to be in and talking about real R&B. Uh, it is uh, definitely a pleasure being uh, with you in this format. It is a pleasure Peter having Adamore you. is a classic, and this is what I'm talking about, Tanya. Yes. Real R&B yes. music. I wish I was able to interview him for my book, but it's coming out already. But this is yes. what I mean. Like his life. Well, we have... We have that is Celicia Thompson, Selena Johnson's sister, and she has written hey, a book, uh, Kenny. Kenny, okay. and we're just talking about music, and we're talking. Mm-hmm. We we just ended and said who who is driving this change. But before we bombard you with questions, Kenny, tell us how how you got into singing, and who are some of your influences in music. Um, 
I I grew up with a, a mother who kept the vinyl on heavy, you know, usage at our house. That's the only way I could really explain it. Uh, Aretha Franklin, Stevie Wonder, the Isley Brothers. Uh, it was so many. Marvin Gaye, Barry White. There were so many people yeah. that I grew up listening to as a child. So my appreciation for R&B um, is just deep, deep-rooted in me to the point where uh, even when I grew older, I got into singing gospel later on, and I really began to appreciate how the, uh, the same kind of passion uh, was brought to uh, R&B as gospel music because a lot of the roots started there. You know, the singers like Gladys Knight, even, even Stevie right. and, and Reese and all coming from the church, they brought that passion over to singing love songs. And uh, so that was all I, I really wanted to do, listening to artists like Donny Hathaway. tell It was like telling a story, and I say that in my concert all the time, that if I can just tell the story like this original person <laughs> where you can mm-hmm. feel it, where you believe what they're saying, where you get uh, the true performance of the lyric, I think that's very important and has been so, missing for some time. You didn't, you didn't say it. I, I'm, as a writer, I write, and the words are, I love words, and it's about mm-hmm. conveying messages through words. We were discussing earlier, authentic R&B is timeless, as your new CD says, and anybody can pick it up and convey, like you said, that same passion and that substance in the lyrical yes. content. Absolutely. Uh, wow. And thank now, you for what, that. What, <laughs> yes. Now, what is your take on the change of R&B changing? We were just talking about how uh, we can't find quality R&B on the mainstream radio. You have to go to, uh, you know, the yeah. uh, adult contemporary. What is your take on all that? Um, it's disappointing because uh, mm-hmm. I was able to live as an artist through the change. So I remember being uh, a high priority at uh, Sony Records, and I remember when they decided they were not going to do uh, R&B, like adult music anymore. And the first people that they let go from the label was myself, um, Alicia Keys, and uh, Trina Broussard, who's also an amazing artist. And I just remember it so distinctly uh, that that time period was around 99, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And um, fortunately, Alicia Keys, because she was so young, she was able to transition over to J Records and still put out quality R&B music. And it's infused with hip-hop. I mean, the generation really changed, where right. the infusion with hip-hop really changed the sound. But at the same time, those true musicians like Alicia Keys are always borrowing from the classics. Um, yes. I, ended up, I ended up going over to uh, Arista with Clive Davis as well. He signed both of us, and then Trina went to, I think, Motown or somewhere. But for me, um, there's a lot of different things. People discriminate against you. Uh, in the, in, the industry discriminates against you if you're a certain age or, um, or, or if you're a woman who's pregnant. Um, you know, wow. it's, it's a whole lot of stuff that people don't really talk about that if you go down the history of all of the uh, celebrated female artists, uh, and I'm sorry, I don't want to deviate too much with this, but from Brandy to um, to Mia to, I mean, a wonderful singers and to artists. your wife, Shantae Moore. Shantae. And I forget your like wife. When she... When 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 we got pregnant, it was almost like oh shut it down, Brandy, oh, mm. shut it all down, and uh, and it was like okay you're penalized because you're not that sex object, 
anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, but anyway, that's another conversation. But anyway. Oh, but you know, but touching on your point because that is, like I said. And it's like, and it's like what does that have to do with the America. music? And, that's yeah. corporate America. It's, it's corporate America. It's like, you got Kelly Price. You know, she may oh not look God. like Beyonce, but she's a beast. Phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal artist and phenomenal person. You know, it's so funny because I can't even imagine uh, someone not wanting to work with just the person, Kelly Price, al- and nice. then let alone her talent. And, uh, yeah, but you have all of these different politics going on because people who really don't even understand the music and understand their industry try to make decisions. And what happens is the industry went down. Mm-hmm. The consumer eventually is going to revolt because you're not putting out quality. Uh, you know, we had that big change in radio as well where the corporations began to run radio, and it just wasn't about the music anymore. Music is very regional, and mm-hmm. uh, when you take the personality of a city off of radio, mm. uh, it's like D.C. without go-go music. It's Chicago without its house music. It's New Orleans without its its flavor music. You 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 kill something off in the community and try to homogenize it. I'll never forget being out here in L.A. and I love these brothers, but they were one of the first people that um, they tried to um, cross over the radio, and it was Ed Lover and uh, and Dre, Dr. Dre, mm-hmm. and the radio show didn't work here in L.A. because we're L.A. We're not New York. Wow. Uh, but Somehow, I think that the the higher ups in the corporations just continue to force feed us whatever they wanted because they had the ownership and they had the power. So now you have all of these stations around the country, all these power stations or whatever they call them, sounding exactly alike, being programmed by the same people and having no true personality to the region that they're they're supposedly catering to. And 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 he's so correct because. When I look at labels now, and I know a lot of A&Rs at labels, there aren't too many old-school A&Rs out there. I mean, Wayne Williams. No. Kenny, you probably know mm-hmm. Wayne Williams. Absolutely. He's, Worked with him at Jive. He's uh-huh. old school, exactly. That was who discovered Selena. He's old school. But now a lot of the A&Rs are like 20, 21, 22. So wow. if they weren't around, you know, when when during some of those older days or older times, they they're geared towards hip-hop. So they're yeah. signing hmm. pop acts. They're signing, um, you know, maybe artists that aren't vocally as strong. But it's it's mm-hmm. a shift, and he made a good point. It is a shift and a change. And ours are younger. Marketing teams are younger. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the high ups are still old. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny because um, I'll put something out there. And I'll be candid. Look, candid on radio, right? What does that mean, right? <laughs> Put it out there to yeah. the world, really. But um, I had an agent question me about a show that I did and the show did not sell as well as they wanted it to mm-hmm. and um, I stopped for him and I said you know what I, I, I know I can go into the market and sell but I thought about it for a minute and I said you know what when, when these agents are out here even doing shows they had me at a club that was like a festival style club and I was mm-hmm. like my audience will pay you double the money to have a seat and sit down and listen to me sing yes. but will not pay for half of, will not pay half of that money to stand up for the next two hours and right. and sing. I think we forget about the maturity, which is a reality that, that but the yes. mature audience has money 
And yes. still love to be entertained. We'll go to the live show. We'll buy the CD. We'll buy the T-shirt, okay? And yes. we don't, as an industry, we, we have just forgotten about that whole uh, group of people. You know, you're talking about 30 and up now. I would, there used to be yes. 25 and up, but now it's really like a 30 and up because there's so many people out there who love great music that are not old, if you will, where they won't go out and uh, and have a good time. And it's like, come on now. We just are, right. are missing. I don't know. Somebody's going to get smart enough to figure out how to market to the adults. It's a, it's the way that this this genre is viewed. I, I interviewed Larry Kahn. You know Larry Kahn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, he said that R&B is now a boutique genre. And what he meant yeah. when he said that, he was like, it's like jazz or classical music. And to me, that was like wow. a shocker. How is it boutique, like, you know, special? I hope we're not there yet. <laughs> oh, I hope not either. <laughs> That's what Larry says, and he was proud of it, and I put that quote right in my book. But he uh, said it's a boutique wow. genre. And, you know, and it's just like, whoa. But that is what that is what happens when the generation shifts and decides that it's going to go in another direction. Mm-hmm. Right. And you you have uh, you have uh, Raphael Sadiq did an amazing album this past year, yes. and um, yeah. it's it's just that you don't have we don't have the outlets of exposure that we used to have. Well, you talked and you brought up Brandy, whose album "Human" I think is her best CD right there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow. why have been saying? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, Tanya. Full Moon yeah, is I have, my heart. Oh, Full Moon is I have, oh, classic. I have to say Human. I have to say Human. Okay. And then human, make Full Moon. But I the love Moon Human. Has, I think it's called. She's been consistent, up. though. I love. It. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But they haven't. Her songs on there are phenomenal, and I'm like. They haven't pushed it. They haven't pushed it at all. And, well, it, it, you made it clear, like, she's been pregnant, and plus she's over the, or over 30 now, and she think, they think she's not marketable. Do you think it's ever going to change and swing back? To you know what? I think it's – if I can make one comment and then, and then go to the next one. With Brandy, um, you're still talking about, even though she's young, she is a classic artist, and I think her yes. choices – were more mature than the people wanted them to be because she's not singing some, you know, something that, uh, I mean, come on, how old is Jamie Foxx? Mm-hmm. And he has a number one song in the world right, right now. Which I'm blaming the alcohol, though. Right. Right. Yeah. So he did something that had a little twist to it, a little gimmick. And then Jamie is a real lover of, he's a lover of real R&B, but he, yeah. did, uh, he did blame it, and it's everywhere because it still falls into that homogenized sound of, um, I guess, once T-Pain and Akon became really huge, it's like the industry goes, okay, we want all of our men to sound like these guys. And they kill our individuality. Yeah, even on his show he stated that, you know, people had to really force him even to go that route because he wanted to stay pure, authentic R&B, but he had had to be forced to go that route. Yeah. And, and it's giving and, him the power and I, now. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. He's strategizing himself to uh, be proud and have that leverage because, really, he's wide open. <laughs> he's wide open. There's no competition for him because he Isn't is an authentic trip? R&B. 
R&B singer. Just like you sang, I'll be there the other night. It was, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And I'm sure he didn't have to think of the words. You know what I mean? It was in him already. <laughs> exactly. exactly. But you know what? And you know what, Tanya? I'm going to make this point because Kenny's on the phone. So I have to mm-hmm. throw out my plugs here. Um, okay. It's really just the U.S. When we were in South Africa. Oh, you're Africa, right. Kenny oh, I'm Latimer getting ready to go next so month. Big. Kenny Lattimore <laughs> is so big in South Africa. I have to say this now. When Selena was over there performing, that is all they talked about was Kenny Lattimore. They had oh. commercials still on of Kenny Lattimore, Kelly Price, and I'm like, oh, wow, they, they like real music over here. So it's really the oh, U.S., wow. the U.K., yeah. Germany. Oh, they Japan. love it. They love it. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. And it's the U.S., so you think, wow, what are we doing here? But South Africa still appreciates mm. good music, okay? The U.K. Yeah. still wow. appreciates soul music. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a boutique, you know, genre to them. That's true. And I'll never That's forget we true. were over there in the radio, and all they were talking about was Kenny and Shantae were coming to do something, and and Aww. they were and they were talking about how you were going to get mobbed or something. <laughs> oh <laughs> my God! It is a different world over there for me, uh, and I, I get to go in August again. I'm so excited because of, you're right. They they appreciated what I was saying. I was saying yes. songs, uh, giving women uh, relevant. You know, a, a man telling them uh, that he he would give them a, a life of stability in the midst yes. of an AIDS, an AIDS crisis, uh, in the midst yes. of uh, an AIDS epidemic where men are raping young oh, virgins, right. thinking that uh, that they're going to be cured. You know, these myths out there. So for them to yeah. hear me come in and say, for you, I'll give a lifetime of stability, anything you wanted yeah. me, and and have a man say that, I think was healing to the country because it did, it became this big deal. Like for, I was overwhelmed that they were as, um, that the, the music was as popular as it was when I got there. Since you brought up one of my favorite songs by you, can you just give us an acapella verse of that? So we'll know uh, what they're, they're talking about. Oh boy. Uh, for you, I'd give a lifetime of stability. Anything you want of me, nothing is impossible. Cause this life is no good alone. Since we've become one, I made a change. And everything I do now makes sense. All roads end, and, and all I do is for you. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. That's oh, what I'm God. talking about. I'm right. Authentic <laughs> R&B. I'm about to pass. But do you, you know think, what, going a, back to that, go uh-huh. ahead. Kenny. Let, me listen, let me listen to you. Let me answer your question. I was going to say, do you think it's because of the different cultures? We're in a microwave fast, and think we've made it sort of mental society. Do you think yeah. that uh, because uh, the different cultures, they still have their hope, they still, they're still striving to be the absolute best? Do you think that plays a part in it? Um, I do. I think that, yeah, that the appreciation, it, it's funny because we as African Americans have uh, a, the, the culture here I'm going to, this might sound, this might be a little too much, and, and you can tell me if it is, because I'm just totally talking off the top of my head. Sometimes I think about Kenny. slavery. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. See, 
<laughs> I think about slavery mm-hmm. and our uh, there has been for many years ingrained into our culture a hate for us, a hate for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And also we have adapted a different type of culture when it comes to our elderly family. If you go to Africa, the elderly are going to be respected. If you go to Asia, the elderly are going to be respected. There's a, a, um, a reverence for their gray hair and their wisdom. Yes. And here in America, we've been split from our families. I think that was one of the tricks of, of the enemy to... Yeah. Uh, and I don't mean white white people. I, I believe that there's a real spiritual enemy that is yeah. is out there against people in general, but particularly the way that he destroyed the black family is by separating us and making us compete with one another on every single angle. And really, the results of, of slavery or the residue, I mean, it's still thick here. There are people who yeah. come from the Caribbean and say, why can't you guys get use the system and, and get ahead and all that kind of stuff? It's because we exactly. still have the mentality of slaves. It's only been about 50 years since the civil rights movement. And you're talking about, uh, again, I'm going to have to go to the Bible because that's a huge source for my life. I'm a Christian guy, Shantae and our Christian family. When I look at the Jews back in the Bible days, it was hot. They were enslaved for hundreds and hundreds of years, but they went through exactly the same thing. When you look at the story of Moses bringing the children out of Israel, they wanted to go back to Egypt. Yes. When he brought the yes. children of Israel out of Egypt, I'm sorry, they wanted to go back. And their mentality was like, well, man, we don't want to be out here in the desert. At least we had garlic and we had oils and you know other things in Egypt. But they couldn't figure out how to get ahead of it. No, okay, so their slavery has been so many hundreds of years ago or thousands mm-hmm. of years ago that, sure, as a culture, they pulled themselves together and they've done some great things. They, may be, they are still persecuted today, but it's a different kind of thing where our struggle is still pretty new when you look at you know, history. Um, yeah. So we throw away our creativity. Mm-hmm. Even when you think yeah. of the brilliance of Miles Davis and Thelonious Monk oh, and some of the jazz greats, and it's become uh, something that white people go and, and listen to jazz. Yes. Much, uh, larger white audiences go and support jazz that yes. we created. Yes. Mm-hmm. Gospel is come, becoming bigger, thank God. Uh, but R&B is. It's going into that category of um, closer to what jazz is. I get played on jazz radio now. Earth, Wind, and Fire is on mm-hmm. jazz radio now. I'm yes. like, what is that? <laughs> Well, yes. stuff that the they do. But if we as a people, it, it, it kills me. It's like black radio feels that they do not have a commitment to black artists. How does right. how, how does yeah. how do, and Ken, you're an artist. How do you? I know what my sister Selena's gone through, but with radio, it's like you can go into a black station, mm-hmm. and and they're not committed not, to because you know what they're still competing with right. Uh, if a if a white if if I may if I may say it this way if a white or mainstream radio station goes and hires the the most popular black jock, yeah, and they start to play black music, everybody's going to where the pop. There's a strategy to this. 
these radio people are out here to win the dollars and win our young people, and they do it because we're not teaching our young people about our history or to value the things that we've created. So when they hear the little hip-hop beat, they just kind of follow. It's just like a little Pied Piper kind of thing, you know. And then the few black artists that do squeak through that get the support, because this is an industry where you have to be chosen. Yes. You have to be chosen to win. They'll choose you and then cross you over and say, you're a crossover. Usher, you're a Yes, they will. No, he's not. He's R&B. 8701 was R&B. And even though it's against the law, they will find out a way to connect and uh, and they'll, they'll spend the money to promote that artist. And what happens is the local black station gets overshadowed because now we artists want the support of mainstream because we want to make money. So we leave right. the black station out and it's like, okay, KJLH, we're going to get to you, but first I've got to run down the power first. And we've right. got to give our attention to them and then we've got to come back. And really that kind of competition for our music is, is really killing us, whereas soft rock and classic rock in, in, in the other, again, white genres, there's so much more diversity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Even at radio that, you know, what, well, do what's you think going there's on there? To, togetherness. When I think, I'm a, I love country music also. And oh when I look God. at their artists, uh, they're, they're, like, when you go back to the teaching and the grooming, it seems like they mm-hmm. do more... Uh, they they teach their artists, they groom them, That's and they right. support them, everybody, and they give they them their own them. voice. Tanya, they you support know? them. They're going to make sure they go 16 million platinum. That's black right. Exactly. I love my black people. I love y'all to death. However, they will bootleg so fast. Yeah. <laughs> they will get their CD from their friend and make a copy. And I was when I interviewed Tank, I was talking to him, and he was like, you know, if we just supported our own, and if we just mm-hmm. went right. to the concert, oh Tank was like, Tank was like, it, you know, he's like, put me on a concert with three, four, five other R&B acts unless everybody get money. Everybody support each other. You know, everybody you know buys these, you know, but it's just, but, I don't know what. But you know what happens, though. They, um, the promoters, the management people will not allow it to happen because um, um, the money is not as big as they want. The days of the multi-million, that a whole lot of people were getting these million-dollar deals and all this other stuff, those days are over right now. You know, they may come back, but I think what's happening is everybody wants so much money that you can't put three, you can't put four acts out. It's just like Maxwell. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you, you get an artist like, say, Maxwell, right? Maxwell's going to sell out anyway because (laughs) we watched. Now, if you really think about it, we watched Columbia Records build him into Mm -hmm. an international live act. From from the first day that he came out, he was with a live band. He had the resources and the money behind him to promote him and, and develop him into a wonderful live act, which he is, and he's a great talent. But for some reason, people forget, and they try to compare every artist to a Maxwell. When when hip-hop got popular, I remember being asked to go out on a tour with a lot of other really amazing singers, and they wanted all tracks. And I wow. said, if I go out here and I sing to a track, it is going to cheapen my brand. And I'd rather right. not get paid your money for doing the track, which would have made me quite a bit of money, 
but I'd rather have a live band any day, no matter what. And I know my audience would rather that. Oh my God! So what was, what was the thinking behind the track? They don't want to pay for a band. Oh, okay. They don't want to pay for a band. They don't want to fly the people out. They don't want to fly what comes. They don't want to pay for what comes with it. And that's what you know. Exactly. You know, Selena. They always want her to come out with the track, but Selena Johnson is a live band artist, and we keep oh, telling exactly. her. But they yes, want her in is. club with a track. It's like okay. Yeah. She's and you really here. don't get her brand. You don't get to experience the real Selena brand if you don't put her in the environment to give you what she really gives you. She, wow. she can't be in a box. Even if she wrote her own songs, and you put, which she does, and you put her in a box to sing, wait a minute, it's the spontaneity that you want. You want to hear Selena ad-lib off the track because she has soul in her, that she has something exactly. to give. You don't want to hear her. Okay, the track is over. Sorry, you know. Exactly. Thank uh, you. Good night. <laughs> I did a date recently where I had I told the people I said you know what uh, I got to a concert late this is a long story but I'm gonna make it short um, there was a parade and I couldn't get to my own to my gig it was horrible they started shutting down the city it was in D C and that's my hometown I want to see my folks but I got there probably a half hour late it was horrible they were having a good time because I was doing a show with Lettucey and and it was the setup was really oh my nice goodness. but I. But I got there, and when I got there, I felt so bad because all I could sing was like about four songs with the band, and then and I couldn't have my background singers and all that. I said, you know what? Just wait. Just I'm going to sing to y'all a cappella right now. What do you, what do you want to hear? And I just start mm-hmm. singing whatever they said. If I knew the lyrics, I start singing the song. You can't have that kind of experience with a track. With a track, no. And there and it kills the spontaneity and it makes the ease. It, it makes the event really special having that type of spontaneity. Tanya, this is what kills the genre. They don't and, let you and come that's out exactly with your band. Like, you know, Jill Scott, she gets to come out with her band. Music comes out with his band, Anthony Hamilton. But every, I think most R&B artists want to come out with their band. So it's so many different, it's all about money. It's so many different it is. pieces here working from radio to promoters to booking agents to the record labels. It's like this is affecting the genre. Some of it's the artist's fault because the popular artists do not support younger artists. Now, when I went out on the road, and I'm not trying to make myself any greater, you know, when I say this, Alicia Keys used to be my opening act when I was out in the Columbia days, and they would spend the money or we'd share a bus, so we'd do something to make that thing happen. Deborah Cox and I are going out. We're using the same band. I know. And we're going to make this thing work. The timeless promise. The timeless promise. So when we go out there, we're using the same band so that you get the authenticity and the great brand of Deborah Cox and you get the brand of Kenny Lattimore. And you don't have to, and and there's no compromise in that. But some of the other artists that have have arrived, if you will, they need to share. And it's it's more work. It is. But it's also more money. (laughs) It goes back to your, 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 that's a slave mentality. We don't, it's a slave mentality. I gotta get more than you. This or, is mine. You know, I just this need, is yours. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta pull your own stuff up. Um, mm, by yourself and, you, and start yeah, over. What yourself. is that about? <laughs> what is that about? Oh my gosh! I don't. The I hope I never teach my my son that. My, my I hope I, my son never feels like 
he has to start over from the bottom when I have information to give him. We have exactly. to kill that part of our, our culture and begin to give information to our young people to empower them because it is ridiculous for them to start over after we pay the price of slavery exactly. in this country. And we make them become slaves again? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's what I feel. <laughs> it's, it's a mentality. It's the same it is. mentality in music, which... This is why, you know, I, I wrote that book, Rhythm Without Blues, because it's like yeah. what we have here, you can dance to it, you get rhythm, but where's the feeling and the soul? And I'm Okay, but let me, let's, okay, let, that's a beautiful title, but let, let, me, let me take that a bit further. Oh, my gosh. Even for hip-hop music, hip-hop is changing because yeah. so many people wanted that rhythm without the blues. So people are faking, people were faking lifestyles that they weren't even yeah. living. Oh, my goodness. When the stories are birthed out of the blues. Exactly. And that's why you have the authenticity of a Biggie or, uh, or you know, Tupac, Tupac. or Jay-Z or whoever. Why were they great? Because of the blues in their lives that they were able in to express. Life. And it's like, my God, that's a great title. I love that, well, that book. Well, well, even, everybody, even so right, Kenny, everybody's a, everybody's a thug now. And it's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, it's like, right. Yeah. Be, be true All y'all grew up in the hood. Um, exactly. exactly. Be LL, true LL never had to do that. LL said, "You know what? This is my thing. I, the ladies love me. I'm sticking with that's what's up. the ladies love me." <laughs> yeah. Look at my lips. That's me. Even um, Jay Z's coming out with the uh, the blueprint. Last night he performed his his song, and I was like, "Okay, hip hop is going through the same thing as R and B. They're tired of the fakeness, the 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 inauthenticity, just the mm-hmm. makeshift music." And so uh, it leads me to my next question. Are we ever going to go back to the authenticity of R&B? Do you see that anytime soon? I think, I think we are. I think we see a, a revolution now occurring. Um, mm. And it, it's still going to, it's going to be smaller, uh, like a, one of those, uh, like when the snowball begins to roll small at first and then it gets bigger and bigger. I think it's going to be a mm-hmm. snowball effect. But, um, it's going to be a re- the more that we have investment into venues where we can play and where people can experience yeah. real R&B, I think that you, you will get the, um, the excitement about it again. Did you see so-and-so? I don't want to hear what they did on the record. I want to hear exactly. what they felt right then at that moment. Um, we can go back and play the record. I hear people say that all the time. I can go back and I can play the record myself and look at your video or whatever. But I want to hear what you're bringing to it right now. Yeah, and it's um, about the live, the live show. I, I think it is so about live. Slowly, I hate to be like negative, but I don't mm-hmm. see it anytime soon because we're moving so far away from the actual record or CD. It's gonna, you know, so digital now. And yeah. it's like, but if we keep oh, yeah, going the to concerts, never be the same. I know we're in a recession, but if we keep mm-hmm. black folks go to concerts, we go to plays, we go to concerts. So if we keep going out and supporting people on the concert scene, I think that'll that will help. Yeah. Somewhat. If we keep going out and supporting. So that's one thing we do do. We do go to concerts. We do go to shows. We just gotta do it more. But I would like to see yeah. us buy buy C D. You know. Yeah. 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 Buy C D. I buy. agree, I agree. No buy two and three of them. Anthony Hamilton, Kenny Lattimore. Yes. These people need to be double, triple platinum. You know, they should exactly. have to cross over. We have enough buying power. 
We do. You can buy the iPhone. We get the iPhone. Yeah. As soon as it's right. Let's buy a CD, you know? Yeah. Buy a CD. Yeah. And it, it takes more exposure. And I love, like, I love live concerts. That's, I think that's what blew Patty up. It wasn't her record sales. It's her that's live right. performances. You get, yeah, you it was feel, at that moment. I, I can almost see the moment we were watching TV and she did Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Oh, my goodness. Or a Martin Luther King special or something back in the day. And all of a sudden it was like she was a brand-new artist. And it's mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, she's been singing like this for years, y'all. Exactly. But everybody had to go out to hear that true voice, that the reality that this woman sings like that all the time. Oh, my gosh. blew her up. Huge. Huge. Yes. Yes. This has been an awesome conversation. I want to end. I do want to end on a positive note. Kenny, Mm -hmm. tell us about your new album, Timeless. Uh, My new CD is called Timeless, and um, look, I'm dating myself. I'm still calling them albums. (laughs) Oh, I call them albums too. That is so funny. (laughs) Well, CD. Yeah. But, you know, Timeless was a way for me to tribute those classic artists that uh, we don't always hear, but not only the classic artists, but the songs that were not necessarily the number ones, because sometimes people remake, uh, and Shantae and I did it before we made, uh, we did duets that um, were classic duets for us in our R&B genre, and then we added a couple other things to it. I wanted to do songs like, um, wow, uh, I did some stuff from like the Beatles and and uh, Jeff Buckley, different artists who we don't normally listen to nowadays in the R&B, but who had their influence in R&B. And yeah. their writing style and everything um, was uh, was totally about R&B music. And at the same time, tribute some legends like Otis Redding, Marvin Gaye, Donny Hathaway. So uh, just put together a collection of songs that you might, I mean, if you're really super versed in music, you might know about four of these songs easily. But most of the yeah. songs, they may come off new to you, but they really are all classic songs. So I had the pleasure of working with Barry Eastman, who uh, has produced so many great uh, number one albums from uh, Billy Ocean back in the day to Freddie Jackson oh, to Rochelle Farrell and, and um, Will Downing's okay. wonderful duet, the Missing You song with Gladys Knight and Shaka and everybody. So Barry came and he added his touches to it, and we just wanted to do something that was classic R&B. My next CD will probably be a little more contemporary because of uh, our conversation, all of the elements of our conversation. <laughs> but what I'm trying to make sure is that I never leave my fans and my audience in a position where they, they're like, wait a minute, you left me completely. Exactly. Sometimes you want to say, I can grow and I can stretch. And if this is where radio is, again, okay, let me do something that's a little close to that, but I don't want to become somebody totally different. Um, Not when a brand has already been built. And there are people out here that do appreciate what I I do. So my main thing is um, if you haven't heard Timeless or or if you haven't picked it up, it's in stores right now, or you can go to KennyLattimore.com, pick up a copy and check it out. Let me know what you think. Um, well, because gonna, everything that my fan thinks influences the next thing. You going to well, play we're something? Gonna play, we're going to play at the close of the show. You are my starship. Oh, nice. This yeah, that's perfect. Oh, wow. You know, that reminds me of uh, the, the other great art, Phyllis Hyman, and uh, yes. the great work that she did with Norman Connors. 
uh, really influenced the decision to do that song because I didn't want to touch it. Initially, I was like, oh, my God. But I was like, well, if we find a way to make this song breathe and live close to the way Michael Henderson did with, with Norman Connors, then we'll be okay. And uh, we've gotten good reviews on it, so I'm very happy. You did your job. <laughs> Thank you. What is the tour? I got to sneak a question in. What is, what is the tour? Mm-hmm. You know what? Uh, what is the first date? I know that I have to go into rehearsals uh, in early July. I think it's the week of the 13th. We start in Orlando uh, with the official dates, but we're going to be at Savannah's SCAD, um, the Savannah College of Art and Design. And uh, we're going to document our rehearsals. And I think the first show is going to raise some money for scholarships there because we're going to have students involved in putting the, the show together. And uh, so you're talking about towards yep the 11th, whatever that weekend is, I think is when we'll do the SCAD show. And then right after that, I think Orlando, Florida is our first date. Wow. Okay, well, now, well, you're married to so Shantae all the dates Moore, are going to be posted on. All all the dates are going to be posted on KennyLattimore.com, too, so you can check it out. I'm going to be Twittering. It's on Facebook, all that. We, we, I'm trying to use all the technology to put it out there. So so definitely check out all of those sites that have my name on them. And I'm so sorry you were asking me about my wife. <laughs> yes, who I love dearly. I still have the cassette oh, of oh, The God. Precious. Not, oh, my God. That oh, was my, man. Yeah, classic, that was my right? cassette. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the cassette. I love it. Uh, the cassette. Your love is so precious. I thought I was her. Oh my goodness. Isn't that oh, great? What? You know, is she coming you know, out with anything new? Um, she did a CD called Love the Woman last year, and it actually was a really beautiful CD, but it wasn't promoted well. So okay. I think she's trying to figure out what her next move will be because um, I I can say that. I know she can't say it. It's just about herself, but. Uh, without it getting uh, misinterpreted. But I think that Shantae Moore is probably at her best right now. Like to hear her voice and her control and where she is, she's at, at her, a wonderful place creatively. So um, I'm just hoping that the next thing that she does gets the love in the marketplace uh, so that it can get to the fans that really love her so much too. Now that's quite, man. She's classic R&B too. Oh, my Absolutely. goodness. Elegance at its best. Absolutely. Yes. Five-octave well, voice. Gonna... I mean, gosh. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh I'm telling you, Kenny Lattimore, 1990. I thought I was Shantae Moore <laughs> with my cassette. I'm going to play it after the show. I love it. Yes, yes. Listen, and, and uh, Celicia, tell us about your book, because we want to bring R&B back so the, yeah. the generations uh, – under us, they can get that substance. They can get. They can pick up a Michael Jackson or a Otis Redding song and say, Absolutely. "Oh my goodness, this is quality music." Not just move into a beat, but quality music. I could feel it, like we felt Neo singing uh, "Lady in My Life" and all those other people. Tell us about your book. Well, the book is called mm-hmm. "Rhythm Without Blues: uh, The Dichotomy of a Music Genre," and it's really interview based. I did a lot of interviews. Some people. Um, I did R. Kelly, I did my sister, Selena, I did Larry Kahn, Ralph DePalma, lawyers, executives, blah, blah, blah. I did, um, I interviewed Mickey, Memphis, uh, Miss Hit. Um, so I really okay. did a cross mix of people. Some people are anonymous because they don't, or, you know, confidential, they don't want anyone to know how they were talking right. real bad about, you know, the label. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. Yeah, That's so funny. Yeah, down and dirty. 
So right. it's due out in September. Um, you can go to my MySpace, which is Music University, and um, get all the information. But it's going to be out late September, and um, it's really going to be a good book. It's a little controversial because I you know, put my opinions how radio is a scam and how they still want payola and all this stuff. So I probably will get mm. murdered. But um, <laughs> we're going to make sure. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, you all are my witnesses. But you know, I talk about radio and their commitment and the record labels and you know how the music has been, you know, changed and dumbed down. And so I talk about a lot of stuff. But I interview actual people, artists, executives, uh, producers, and I get their perspective. So it's just not me being biased. And so you see exchanges with me going back and forth with people. But um, I'm excited about that. And, of course, I'm still pushing Selena Johnson's new album, Chapter 4, Labor Pain. That's out. We're working on that. It just came out in South Africa a couple weeks ago. So we're trying to get over there so we can be like Kenny. uh, All right. I love it. They can take take her down. I wouldn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah, so that's what we're doing. Well, you are young. Y'all have been fabulous as a music lover. I appreciate all your hard work, all your dedication and commitment over these years. Uh, I will continue to uh, just listen to authentic R&B, and I will buy the CD because I'm in that group that can buy CDs. (laughs) (laughs) And buy the the concert tickets and just support it and have great artists such as yourself on in in the forefront and and behind the scenes because it it does – a theme. Buying mm-hmm. huh? Buy it and supporting. That's the thing. Supporting and um I think that's gonna be key. I mean that that is a big thing. Absolutely. If we go out and see the timeless promise tour and really come out in numbers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how you keep it alive. Because Kitty Lattimore right. is dope. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, we appreciate you singing live, Kenny Lattimore. We love uh, live, oh, I thank live you. music on you know what? I want to say there was something that really powerful that happened uh, the day before yesterday. Um, BET had a free party. So just in case you hear about this, because I felt like, wow, this is amazing. The free party uh, had so many wonderful people there. I was, I was a big fan. I was sitting next to, to Morgan Freeman, you know, something they're like, oh, my gosh, this is great. But... Uh, Raheem Devon got up and he sang. It was he was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. But then Joe got up after that, and Joe began to sing a cappella. I want to rock with you. Wow! And everybody grabbed the mic from Tina Marie to Jamie Foxx to Tyrese to uh, Genuine to it was so many different artists in the room, and everybody sang in tribute to Michael Jackson, and it was a spontaneous moment. And it, it it made me think of uh, well when I when as we're having this conversation, this conversation makes me think of how powerful that moment was, how we right. took a timeless song and some great artists, and it kicked off a great night and a, and a tribute to uh, true legend, Mr. Michael Jackson, and yeah. Um, yeah, and congratulations again on the book. I think that I think it's so fantastic to have others out there pleading our case for us. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. So that we don't just seem like we're just four babies over here, you know. But, no, you all, but, have, uh, it, you all have it bad. I've seen a lot of artists that you all have it bad from the label to radio to booking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't. I can't even. We not. That's another show, Tanya. 
Ah, that's yeah. why we got to come well, on we'll, again. We'll probably, yeah, we're, we're going to do it again because that's one thing. We talk real talk on Real Talk with Tanya White, and Tanya White loves music. I think I was a, a singer in another life, but <laughs> not this one. But <laughs> I love music of all kinds. Yeah. And like I said, Selena Johnson, as you know, is one of my favorite. Kenny Lattimore, Shante yeah. Moore, you're my favorite. That authentic R&B, and this has been a treat. And we're going to close out the show with uh, Kenny Lattimore's Timeless, and we're going to play Selena, one of my favorite songs, The Voice. Uh, and just keep just keep the good music alive. Keep buying it. Keep spreading it. And then I believe it's going to be a full circle eventually. Awesome. And awesome. Uh, just have that good quality of music. We will follow up with you all later. Much success. Thank you all so much. Thank you so much. And y'all have Thank a you. phenomenal evening, okay? You too. Thank God you. bless. Nice being on the line with Kenny Lattimore, Tanya. Oh, thank okay. you. <laughs> Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye-bye. Y'all have a great night. Wow, that was a phenomenal, phenomenal show. Phenomenal show. Authentic R&B music. It will come back. It will come back. I'm a believer. I'm going to keep hope alive. It has been a phenomenal uh, Black Music Month. Great interviews on our Mega Music Monday. We're going to return back to our once-a-week shows on Thursdays, starting in July. Tomorrow we're going to have our six-month anniversary. We're going to play some music. We're going to uh, read some testimonies from the show and just have a great time. We want you to call in and say how Real Talk has been uh, a blessing in your life these six months. If you learn nothing else uh, from just the things that happened in the last week with the, the losing of Michael Jackson, uh, who was the blueprint, in my opinion, for R&B as we know it uh, today. Um, just just live it. Live your life. Tell people that you know that you love them. Be true to yourself. Be true to others. Be true to others. And everything will, will be great. We're going to close out with some great music from Michael Selena and Kenny Lattimore. You all have a great night, and we're going to find some music here.